0: it gone. You may be seated. Boy, we serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Can we say with a pure heart that he is good? Yes. Amen. If you haven't told him all day, I want you to tell him now. Say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you. Even in the midst of a pandemic, We serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve a God who is in control of everything. The Bible says he's before all things, and he holds all things together by his hands. He is faithful. He is awesome. He is mighty. And all power and all authority still belongs to Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Our hope is not in uh, elections. Our hope is not in a party. Our hope is not in an individual. Our hope is in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he loves us. He loves this nation. And he loves this generation. And you know what's going to happen on election day? What's gonna happen? Everything God wants to happen. <laughs> According to his will and plans he is faithful some of us might not like it but that don't mean it's not that don't mean that it ain't good for us because the bible says that he causes all things to work out for the good that he allows certain things for certain reasons in order to get a certain end result pandemic 2020 you know, when God's doing one thing, he's doing 10 million things. This year, I was set to go back March 17th, and on, or March 19th, and on March 17th, our tickets got canceled, and the whole nation shut down. Not just America, Vietnam, Korea, the whole world, in one afternoon, ceased. We never thought it would happen, but it happened. And then for the next several months, stuck, just like you were stuck, quarantine in a small house with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My two little babies, my beautiful wife. And for several months, we just looked at each other. (laughs) My mom looked at me one day, one morning, and she says, when you going back? (laughs) I said, that's a good question. (laughs) <laughs> one night in July I was training I trained the national pastors and leaders uh, for, I'm doing it this week as well I trained the national pastors and leaders in Vietnam and as I was training them that, that week it was late at night it was about 2 o'clock I went to go to bed and I did what I usually do I stuck my head in my mom's door and I told her good night. and I laid down and I woke up about 45 minutes to an hour later and I stuck my head back in and she was laying across the bed unconscious I went over there and I started praying. Something just didn't feel right. And I started praying, and I called 9-1, and I started later on the ground and started CPR. My mom would later to go be with the Lord. But what I realized is my father loved me so much that he shut down this entire world for me to spend every day for the over eight months with my mother. To the point where she says. When you're leaving, <laughs> he loves you. You might not understand it, but he's at work on your behalf. He loves you. Right after that, you know the Lord has put in a great burden on my heart for the city of Da Nang, the third largest city in Vietnam. Earlier this year, the Lord told me that I was to be the pastor of the church that we're going to start there, and I got really excited. We were so excited about going back. And then we're stopped here right after my mother's funeral. A gentleman that had prayed praise for me all the time. He's my mentor. He calls me and says, Sean, I really believe God's wanting to give you that ministry house and center sooner than you think. And I'm like, brother, it's in the middle of a pandemic. He says, I'm just telling you what God's put on my heart and pray that following Sunday. I met with my pastor. He was condolence. He was offering comfort with my family. My family. And he says, you know, God's really put on our heart to give you $30,000 for that ministry center house in Denang to start that church and that training center. I'm like, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, God just began to fast forward what we knew was in the process. Another church in Ormond Beach, Tomoka Christian Center, they come alongside and says, hey, we want to give you another $30,000. Man, God is just speeding this thing up. And all we're doing is saying, what's happening, Lord. And he began to show me that he has a heart for the people of the more than we can ever imagine. It's not about a house ministry center. It's about the souls of men. There's an urgency in this generation. There's 1.4 million people that live in that city. There's about 1,200 that are born again believers. Let me say that again. million people in that city. About 1,200 may be born again believers. God's wanting to do a work in that city that opens up to the entire nation and all of Southeast Asia. He is starting something that is way beyond our understanding that will last for generations and generations to come. And each of you have prayed for us every Sunday. For years. Each of you. Some of y'all have given. God has really put a, put the work on your heart. And I want to give you an opportunity. To partner with us. For something that's way bigger than ourselves. Something that will last. into the return of Jesus. We're going to be having sign up. For an opportunity. Within a couple of weeks. To be able to share this. If God's speaking to your heart. About sowing into this ministry. However it is. Financially prayer-wise, walking with us, coming to help us start it, whatever it is, I want you to look at the information, go to the website, call me, crank call me, call me again, laugh, tell me it was you, and then email me. On the back of sean.miles is 79 at gmail.com. Together, we can see God do an amazing work in the nation of Vietnam pray about it the Lord leads you then let's do it together amen? amen all right now let's talk about this good word that God has given us for today I got some disclaimers for you I'm not like everybody else you'll see my mask my mask slips down to my face this thing right here probably slide off to the side of my face don't get mad at me <laughs> I'm not built like everybody else my shirt don't stay tucked in my hair don't stay straight and things just don't fit like they're supposed to so in advance I'm sorry (laughs) but you know what God is good boy he's good let's pray and let's just thank him for this opportunity one more time to hear his word father we love you oh how we love you oh how we thank you Lord that you love us God we pray for this word Lord that We know that it has resonated in heaven for all of eternity. Your word says that forever your word is settled in heaven. God, what you say about us, what you say about our situation, what you say about our eternal destination, forever it's settled in heaven. Speak to our hearts. Stir us. Even now, towards the things of you. Holy Spirit of Living God, move in this place. Holy Spirit of Living God, move in this house. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Part of the collect, say it right? Okay, she says it's a noun, so I had to. Part of the collect, there's a, there's a statement in there that I really love. It says, make us love what you command. Can we say that together? Kind of loosen up a little bit. Make us love what you command. So many times in Christendom, we separate commandments with love. We like to think that commandments are the Old Testament and love is the New Testament. But the reality is they are so intertwined That if you love right, you'll live right. Did you get that? That's something Jesus even said in in John's gospel on several notes. He said that if you really love me, you'll do what I say. You'll obey my commands. See, it's about being in a right relationship or righteousness with Almighty God. It's a love relationship. It's a love relationship that God wants to have with you and me, not some religious relationship where we just obey what he says without the heartfelt desire or a relationship or a commitment. I love how the readings always, man, the readings are so powerful. Y'all like the readings, the liturgy of the Episcopal Church is beautiful, man. It's beautiful. been established for years. I really believe that God has anointed it and appointed it. And it's just beautiful how it's just orchestrated. And even with the collect, bringing it all together, I've always loved coming and being with you during, during my time here. In Leviticus, the author of Leviticus, talking about Levitical teachings, priestly teachings, holy teachings, teachings for the priesthood and for the people. It says in chapter 19, our reading today, Moses writes the words of God. You can can really hear the voice of God thunder from heaven and look at the people, look at his servants and give them a command. Be holy, be holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. Man, that's powerful. God's going to open up heaven and God's going to speak to his people that he's chosen, that he's loved, and he's going to tell you what's on his heart and what's on his heart, is, behold, for I'm holy. The idea of holy is the idea of separateness or different. There are several communicable attributes of God, and then there's some incommunicable attributes of God. There's there's qualities of God that communicates to us because we can have these qualities. We understand these qualities. Intelligence, wisdom, love, gentleness, kindness, but then there's some qualities or attributes of God that we just can't comprehend. Holiness. We really can't wrap our mind around holiness. God is holy, and he alone is holy, but yet he invites his people to participate in his holiness and to strive to have something that only he has, to be a little bit more like him in your generation, to have a little piece of him that the world could not comprehend, See, it's something that we can't fake. You can't fake holiness. You can fake love. Oh, it's so good to see you. You can fake kindness. No, no, no. You go first. You can fake humility. Oh, no, not me. But you can't fake holiness. And there's something within the church in this generation. That has abandoned this call. We have conjured our messages, our sermons, our music. We have have formulated our doctrines, our practices to the point where we've left everything to do with holiness out. We've made it about doing things in our own strength, and our own ability. What we can achieve and what we can have or what our religious practices can be. What sin we can do and get away with and still be considered a believer. But the call to holiness still remains to the people of God. The call to be different in the midst of your generation. The call to be a little bit more like him in your life, in your practice, in your journey. Call, be holy, for he is holy. You know, as we shift to the New Testament, it's beautiful. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it tells something so powerful. It says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A people who belong to God. Now, I'm not an intelligent man, but I like to play one on TV. <laughs> Just seeing if y'all are listening. <laughs> and this, what happens here is this: this, this belonging to God is the reason why you have all these different attributes or qualities. You are a chosen people. Because you belong to God. You are a royal priesthood because you belong to God. You are a holy nation because you belong to God. You see the work, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and your faith in him. And that new birth by the spirit of God has counted you as sons and daughters of almighty God. And because you belong to God, you're holy. See, holiness is not something that is necessarily earned. It is something that is given. See, he gives you that holiness. And then as he gives you that holiness, he begins to purify you into a holier being. It's called sanctification. It's a process. There's a one-time event, kind of like salvation, then there's that ongoing event event of salvation, that sanctification, that purification of your journey with him. You are holy, so really what's being said, live like it. Act like it. Dwight L. Moody, one of the great preachers of an earlier generation, says this. It's so powerful. He says, lighthouses are so spectacular for they guide. They don't toot horns. They just shine. And holiness is such an attribute where you really don't have to toot a horn. You just reflect the king of kings. See, the standard for the nation of Israel was God. Tried to strive to be like God. But they couldn't in their own strength and their own ability. They, there was no way for them to be holy in their own strength. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he was born in a manger. That's why he lived a sinless life. That's why he was betrayed and then hung upon the cross. That's why he died for us. So that you and I Could belong to him. And in belonging to him. We get the standard. Jesus. This precious Holy Spirit. Dwelling within us. So it's not just about commands. It's really about love. Holiness is not necessarily about a whole bunch of do's and don'ts. It's really about loving. Jesus says this in Matthew 22, as we read our scripture earlier, the gospel in Matthew 22, Jesus says, the lawyer asked him, what's the two main, what's the summarization of the law? What's the summarization of the Levitical teaching? What's the summarization of the the 10 commandments? What do you say? Jesus took all 613 laws And squeezed them together in two statements. Love God with all that's within you. And love others as you love yourself. That's so different than what we're seeing in this generation. We see a generation that loves self more than anything else. Love self more than they love God. Love self more than they love the other person. We live in a generation where self is exalted even above family. Even above morals. Even above children. How can we get to a place in our society where we say choosing to abort a baby is a choice? I'm going to choose my life and what I want over that baby's life. Have mercy, God. We live in a generation that's so far from the things of God. We can look at the church and we can say, does the church reflect what this word calls holy? Holy? Does the people of God reflect what God has called us to in holiness, to be more like Him, to be different than what we're seeing that's out there? Or are we looking at a church that is crippled and weak and conformed to the image of the world? Lord, have mercy. God, have mercy on us. The call to love Him with all that's within us leaves no room for the love of the world. It leaves no room for selfish gain or selfish pleasures. We empty ourselves to love Him. And all that he is in the beauty and splendor. Holiness. Holiness. How do we do that? How do we love him? And what does it look like to love others? That's why I love our readings. Psalm 1 gives us a beautiful example of what it means to love God, all that's within us. Verse 2 says, delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in God's word. See, to love God with all your heart, the word heart in in scripture would mean the seat of who you are or what makes you up. It's the things that gives you enjoyment in life. The things that gives you purpose. That's what your heart is what's in your heart. Follow your heart. Follow what makes you happy. Follow what makes you full of purpose or gives you identity. And the psalmist says delight in joy. Let the word of God be your very purpose. Find your enjoyment in the word. Find your joy in the word. Let this word so deeply be rooted in you. Hide thy word in your heart so you may not sin against God. You want to love God with all that's within your heart? Love his word. Get in his word. Eat his word. Fall in love with his word. Be attracted to his word. Delight in his word. The second thing. You want to love the Lord with all your soul? See, the soul is the seat of emotions, the seat of your will. And in verse 1, it says, happy are they who are not walking in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor set in the seat of the scornful. See, we can be persuaded, our soul can be persuaded to either follow the, 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 the masses, or our soul can be persuaded to follow Almighty God, holiness, to be a little bit different. You want to be a little bit different? You want to love God with your soul? Don't follow the ways of the world. Don't get in line with the masses that are lining up to to defile the things of God. You walk with God. You walk and be persuaded by his spirit. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your soul. Love the Lord with all your mind. See, your mind is intellect. It's where you retain and you learn and you become educated. It's where you gather worldviews. I love that. Psalmist says, delight in the word of the Lord and meditate on it both day and night. How our mind can be transformed is by the meditation of God's word by recalling what God has said by remembering his promises if I be for you who are what can be against you hallelujah hallelujah that no sickness will befall you Woo! you know that when you go to public no evil will come near your tent glory to God That many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. That those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I will not die, but live and declare the words of the Lord all the days of my life. You see, meditating on the word of God in your mind, it renews you, it transforms you. The image of that is some of y'all might be farmers and know a lot about cows. And the idea, a cow has three stomachs. Pretty weird. And cows will be chewing cud, and they just. And they be looking at birds like, man, oh, I can't eat a bird. I gotta eat this grass all the time. <laughs> I got three stomachs. I got fill one of them up with this bird. <laughs> and they just chew the cud. And you think they get done, they swallow it, it goes down to that first stomach, and moments later, <clears throat> They puke it right back up, and they start chewing it again. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You think they're done, they swallow it, it goes down to that second stomach. Mm -mm, It mm -mm, comes right back up, and they start chewing it again. Mm -mm, mm -mm, This is so (laughs) That's like meditation. Getting that word in you and pulling it out to your mind as you go throughout your day. The Lord says my steps are ordered by him. The Lord says that he goes before me. The Lord says that he'll never fail me or forsake me. The Lord told me to be strong and courageous and don't fear coronavirus 19. Oh, no, that's not what you, you have to trust God. You have to love him with all your heart. Fall in love with this word obey what he says. Think about his promises over your life and over your family. The second was to love people. This is hard because people stink. There was this girl, she came to her mom, she was crying and she says, Mom, I keep hugging these dolls, I keep hugging these dolls and these jokers don't do nothing back. That's just what it's like when we're loving a lost and dying world. We keep hugging them, we keep hugging them, we keep loving them, we keep loving them, and nothing comes back. That's different than the society that looks to love or looks to do something to get something in return. See, holiness is like God, that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In 1 the Thessalonians, Paul gives us a prime example that, first of all, love in others takes courage. Paul says, I endured hardship in Philippi, but I didn't stop in Philippi after the hardship. I continued on to Thessalonica, and with courage, I told you the gospel. I wasn't afraid of how people would respond. I wasn't afraid what they would say. I wasn't afraid. I had courage because I know you needed it. I loved you enough to tell you the truth. It takes courage to love others. It takes gentleness. He says, I loved you like a nursing mother. I was gentle among you. I wasn't harsh and abrasive. I didn't shove it down your throat. Courage, it took gentleness. But most importantly, in verse 8 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it took love, a deep affection, a deep commitment. He says, I've loved you. You meant so much to us that I gave you this gospel. What's there so deeply cared for you in verse 8, it's a phrase it's the only place in the New Testament that this phrase is used in Greek. And it's so profound. It's attached to the verse before. That he so loved you. And it's like a, a, a mom that nurses a child. I have an amazing wife. I have two sons. One's four and one's two. a year and a half. He's like he's 20, but he's only a year and a half. And from the get-go, my wife, because we travel so much and because we don't have money, my wife made the decision to breastfeed these boys. And she did it out of her own sacrifice. For almost five years, four and a half years, she has breastfed some boys that are aggressive, (laughs) that are hungry, and that are needy. And she knew what they need. And she was gentle. It took courage. She's gentle. But she did it because it was in their best interest. These boys don't get sick. These boys are strong and big and healthy. They don't have fake additives in them from the things that is conjured up in the markets. They have a great immune system. And she knew what they needed, and she was willing to sacrifice to give it to them. Paul says, I loved you to the point that I didn't just throw something at you. I gave myself to you. I cared for you. I loved you to the point to share Jesus. You know, God could have just gave us the gospel from heaven. He could have just said, if you want to know me, if you want to be with me, then you better start acting holy. You better straighten up and get right and start acting like me. But I loved you enough to come here in the flesh and dwell among you. Not just to tell you, get right, but to love you and to walk with you. Paul was telling the church of Thessalonica, I'm doing the same thing. That's what discipleship looks like. That's what it looks like to love your neighbor. That you know what they need. You know they need Jesus. You know they need the gospel. And you know they're not just going to come with the sound of a voice. But they're going to come with the nurture of a loving individual. Who with courage is willing to walk with them. You want to be holy? You want to be different? Give yourself to making disciples. That's what it means to love others. You love yourself. The call from heaven is still the same today. Be holy. For I am holy, saith the Lord. Love me with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul. and Love others. We live in a generation where they're sick of hearing about this. They want to see it. They want to see Jesus. They want to see a characteristic and a trait that only the people of God can have holiness. Holiness. Father, we love you. And I pray, God, that you would give us a love to obey your commands. so that we may be a little more like you today than we were yesterday. We call to holiness. For you are holy, oh Lord. In Jesus' name.